Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Product Powerhouse Podcast. I am so glad you are here and excited for today's guest interview with Sarah from Marish Books. Sarah is a bookkeeper and offers CFO services. And my goodness, did I have some questions for Sarah. I just got down to the hard hitting questions. Like I was like, Sarah, we're not going to talk about the surface level stuff. I'm going to ask you the hard questions. So she was a wonderful sport, answered the questions, and I think you're going to love this episode. So let me introduce Sarah. Sarah is the owner of Marish Bookkeeping, a bookkeeping and CFO services agency serving creative entrepreneurs who want to grow their business into a sustainable one that serves their quality of life goals by allowing them to focus on the parts of the business they love rather than the accounting. He has helped clients get organized and embrace the numbers side of their business, combining data and intuition for the ultimate aligned decision-making. Sarah is the host of the Profits Affogato podcast, where she gives inspiration and actionable tips to make the numbers make sense in your business. She has also offered us a really cool special. So in this episode, we talk about the cash flow planner tool, and Sarah gave us a discount. If you use the code PODCAST30, you can save 30% off her cash flow planner. Take a look at it. Of course, I have the link in the show notes and we are going to jump into this conversation with Sarah. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product-based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e-commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product-based business. So friend, grab a nice coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Product Powerhouse podcast. I am so happy you are here. How are you today? I am great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to be talking about money. I love talking about money. Not enough people talk about money, but tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Sarah. I'm the owner of Marish Bookkeeping, which is a bookkeeping and CFO services company for small business owners. Specifically, we're focusing more on Shopify stores and Etsy stores and things like that. I've been an accountant my whole professional career, started out in tax, and then the taxes and deadlines were just brutal, and then started having kids, and then they're even more brutal. <laughs> Went online and started serving smaller business owners who weren't necessarily getting the time and attention that was available at bigger firms. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you find that product-based businesses like Etsy shops and Shopify stores have different needs when it comes to bookkeeping and taxes and all of that? Yes, they really do. For one thing, it's much more complex on the bookkeeping side because, of course, there's actually products going out rather than just selling services and things like that. So, you know, there's dealing with cost of goods sold and more of a complex profit calculation, of course, pricing conversations wasn't doing it. (laughs) Right. And so it's so important. So we're going to talk about making a plan for your money in your business. And I think this is such a fun topic and I'm going to get so excited and like people are going to be like, calm down, Erin. But it just, I love talking about money and how we can use it in our business and how to almost budget or Mm -hmm. use it to grow your business, but also pay yourself. Like, a lot of people listening here are parents, their moms who maybe they are doing this because they needed something to do, but they also have to buy groceries. They have to put gas in the car. They need the money that they make from their business. That's 
how my business is. It can't just turn around and invest it all back in the business or just let it just spend it without paying attention. So making a plan for your money is so important. Yes. And I love that you call it a plan for your money because it is budget. But when people hear the word budget, they're like, oh, no, I don't like that. Like, (laughs) I want to run far away from that. But it is so important. And truly, like everybody, every business does need a plan for your money because there's always ways that you can optimize where that money is going. Like it's going somewhere. And number one is to do your bookkeeping and figure out or have it done for you and figure out where that money is going. So bookkeeping is always looking historical at what's already happened. And then making a plan is, of course, looking into the future. And so that's when you said, like you said, prioritizing paying yourself, put it on your plan as a non-negotiable, just like you would another contractor or an employee. You make sure that the funds are there for them. So make sure that they're there for you, too. That is so difficult. I will tell you that I will pay my team before I pay myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means "Ah, we have to eat what's in the cabinets, which is fine. But I would be way more embarrassed to miss a payment with my team than I would be to miss a payment with myself. I feel like they're relying on me. Isn't that interesting? And you're relying on you too. (laughs) Yes. My, My friends are always telling me, I have one really great business friend and she's like, you pay you first. I'm like, no, <laughs> but it, it is so important. I'm curious, what's, how do you figure out how much to pay yourself? Yeah, that's a really good question. One of the tools that I use is the cash flow planner, which is in my shop. It's just a simple spreadsheet template, but it has some different calculations because I recognize that there are different phases of business, right? Say you're starting this as a side hustle and you do have a full-time steady income or money coming in from wherever else, and you're not necessarily relying on this, um, and you're wanting to grow it as fast as you can. So maybe you are investing all those profits. That cash management kind of is going to look very different from somebody like we just talked about who is using this for groceries or for whatever expenses that, you know, you need the payments to themselves. And so in that tool, I give you a couple of recommended percentages. So you have a drop down to pick your phase of business is what I call it. And it gives you some recommended percentages, but a good way to think about it. I know profit first is a very popular method in kind of the online business space. And that's a great space place to start too. If you're just like, I have no idea even where to get started on that. That gives very concrete percentages for everything from payroll to operating expenses to paying yourself and all that. Yeah, I have read profit first. I feel like it's a great philosophy. The number of bank accounts is a little overwhelming, but luckily my current bank allows you to have as many like buckets as you want Mm -hmm. and you don't have to go in and create a new bucket which my old bank you had to go in and set up a new bucket and it was embarrassing and they when I went to talk to them about setting up profit first because just for background if you haven't read profit first they want you to set up like bank accounts separate bank accounts for every bucket of like expenses so you're not accidentally spending your tax money to invest in a mastermind and When I went to my old bank and I said, this is the thing they outlined. She was like, that is insane. I don't think you should open five bank accounts or how many ever there were. And I was embarrassed because I'm trying my best. I'm learning. And so I didn't do that. But luckily, my new bank, you can make as many buckets as you want. (laughs) Relay Bank is a great option, too. And I think they're now officially like the profit first banking platform, but it's very online based. And you can set up accounts with two clicks of your mouse (laughs) to have those transfer and set up auto transfer rules and everything. So just a side tangent, if anybody is wanting to go down that road. Yeah. 
What I like with banks is being able to name your accounts like a nickname. So I have one that's called profits and I have one that's called taxes. And that way I know, and I even put the percentages. So I roughly follow profit first, but I'll say taxes 20%. And then I know, calculate 20% and put it in that account. I love how you broke it down because there are different times in businesses and there are different people in businesses, right? Mm -hmm. Some people do have the ability to leave money in savings because they have a cushion or they have a different background. Someone else is paying their main bills, whatever. Other people, it's like you have to bootstrap everything and you can't pay for something until you make that money. That's how I built my business. I'm glad I did it that way because then I didn't create a lot of debt, but that's not the way to build a business for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the place to start when coming up with the money, the number of how much do I need to pay myself is really to look at your personal finance situation, your personal budget, and come up with that concrete number. And yes, it can change over time. But as of today, like this month, what is that number that you want to pay yourself? And then you can go from there and build on that. Okay, Sarah, can we get real for a minute? Yep. What do you do if you've set your minimum? Mm-hmm. Let's say your minimum is $5,000. I don't know if that's reasonable for people, but let's just say because it's an easy number. Mm-hmm. And let's say you have a few slow months mm-hmm. and you don't have a cushion. What mm-hmm. do you do? You get creative. <laughs> it's easy for me to say this, but I know that is a very real situation that people are in all the time is that people have tight months and they're just not there where they need to be. And again, I can't give one answer that would fit every situation, but what else is there that you can make money at, even if it's not related to your business, like specifically if it's not selling another product, but is it some sort of service that you can contract out to somebody to make ends meet? Is it anything that would still align with your goals, of course, but getting creative and bringing in money in other ways might be it. No, I love that answer. And I ask this because at the beginning of my business, we were in that situation where I had just had a baby things were tight. My husband had a job change situation and it wasn't ideal. And to make ends meet, you know what we did? We like sold my DSLR camera. I babysat my friend's kids. And was it perfect for my business? No. Did I love it? No, but it made ends meet. And sometimes we're in that situation. And I don't know if you follow Denise Duffield Thomas, but I love her as a money mindset person. Mm -hmm. And she does talk about getting creative with your money, like looking for money in other places. Like maybe you left $20 in an old purse. You never know. Mm -hmm. There's lots of ways to bring in money. And a lot of times we as entrepreneurs, if sales are down, we like blame ourselves. I know I do this. Sales are down. I'm not doing good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm failing. But really it's just, okay, so what else could I even do? And that's a big thing, too, is removing the shame from it. Like when you log into your bank account and you see a number that's not what you wanted to see, take a second to just realize that what you're looking at is digits on a computer screen. That's all it is. And Thank how you. can you see that totally neutrally and to mean nothing about yourself? Because if you go in that shame spiral of, oh, my gosh, I spent this money that I should have saved and blah, 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 then it'll take that much longer to get out of it. So just work up to a neutral place and then go from there. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, I know that this isn't. This isn't bookkeeping. This isn't CFO stuff, but it's so important when it comes to dealing with your money, especially as solo entrepreneurs making money online. It all comes down to that. And that neutral feeling, oh, is that powerful? Absolutely. 
Yeah. Okay. So we figured out how to pay ourselves. What's the next thing you recommend people prioritize with their money plan? Yeah. So once we figured out how to pay ourselves, the next thing I would prioritize is doing your bookkeeping or have it done for you and really getting into that financial routine with your business. So a weekly check-in is great, not necessarily having to do your bookkeeping every week, although that's great and it would cut down on the volume to do it later on, but definitely do like a Money Monday or Finance Friday and just check and see where things are at. Who owes you money? Well, this might be a little bit less applicable with product-based businesses, but maybe how sales are going. Of course, they're probably checking on orders pretty often. And then at least monthly, I would say, go in and do your bookkeeping and to really just get the pulse on your business. And when you're doing your bookkeeping, a few kind of key things to be looking at is, of course, revenue. We all look at that and everybody talks about, oh, 10K months or whatever. They're all talking about <laughs> revenue. So make sure you keep going and look at profit after expenses are taken out. Your profit is what's left over, of course. And the reason profit is so important and why I like to really drill this down is because if you're losing money, then you're paying money to be in business, right? So definitely looking at the profit. And then the profit margin is a great metric to look at. So that's your net profit divided by total revenue. And it'll give you a percentage. And so if you have a 50% profit margin, it means for every dollar of sales that are coming in, you're keeping 50 cents. So that's a really cool one to track over time, compare yourself to month over month and see how those are going. And then specifically with product businesses, you can also look at your gross margin, which is before net profit, but it's revenue minus cost of goods sold. So anything like materials and shipping costs and payment processing fees, things that are tied directly to you making that sale, that's going to be in your cost of goods sold. Yeah, that's fantastic. I know that you have your own podcast and you've had a podcast episode where you said, what's a good profit margin? Mm -hmm. And you said it's only one piece of the puzzle, but that is a question people want to ask. So what is a good profit margin? Is there somewhere we should be aiming to hit for profit margin? It's so determined on the different types of businesses. I've seen profit margins all over the place, of course. And so I think rather than aiming for a specific one, I think that comparing it to yourself month over month mm -hmm. is the best place to start. Like where can you just improve it just a little bit, improve it just a few percentage points? That's smart. That's really smart. I like to look at it year over year and then it really helps direct things and how I'm going to plan the rest of my spending for the year because I realized what was last year, 2022, my profit margin was much lower than the year before. And I was like, okay, where can I adjust things? Because I think ideally we all want to bring in more money. Sometimes that means adjusting what you're spending or planning less travel or investing in less courses. <laughs> it depends on your type of business. So that's really powerful. And of course, too, think about think through like when you grow your business and obviously bring in more people, that profit margin is going to go way down from where it is as a solo entrepreneur. And so that's just something to keep in mind, too, as you're continuing to grow your business. Yeah, that is a good that is a good point. Do you have a number of like when we get to the point where we're ready to hire or even if we're hiring a contractor or a VA, mm -hmm. is there a number of like savings we should have prepared for that? Do you have advice around that? Because I know that's a big question. People are worried about being able to afford help. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So definitely I'd say anywhere from three to six months of operating expenses saved up in the bank account is a great place to be. And that's looking at kind of the average 
operating expenses month over month. And so that will tell you if sales were to cease for whatever reason, you have three to six months runway to pivot and figure out what needs to change there. That's good. Okay, so I have another question. <laughs> another real question. I'm asking the hard question, Sarah. What if you've hired and you haven't, you don't have that cushion? Do you have <laughs> advice there? If So you've hired and you don't have that cushion. Start as small as you need it to. So even if it's just setting aside $100 a month for now to build up mm -hmm. that cushion, it's better than not doing it all, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really smart. Because I know, I know that's a big fear of the people who are listening to this. They're afraid that they don't can't afford to hire and they're afraid that they can't afford to take on that expense and what happens if I can't pay them a one month yeah so definitely starting small with that cushion and then just really knowing your numbers and knowing is this a temporary thing is it just this month is it just a couple months or is this kind of a bigger problem that I need to maybe let this person go and say I'm really sorry but it's just the timing isn't working out for me with finances and I'm making a plan to reassess yeah. and readjust. Yeah, that's important. I also think it's important to point out because we've been tying in the mindset of this, letting someone go or not being able to afford someone anymore is also not a failure. Right. It's an experiment. You know, like next time you bring on a team member, you want to have a cushion of three months to be able to pay them. Sometimes we get caught up in what's going on and we don't realize where the money is going and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you've failed or that you're not a good business owner. It just means that this didn't work out. And so you have something else to learn to do better next time. Right. And you never know what's going on with them, too. Like you keeping somebody on that you can't afford is not the best thing for them. That's time that they're spending with you that they could be spending with somewhere else. That might be a better fit. Maybe something's going on with them that they would thrive in a different position, too. So there are so many things you can't know. Oh, this is really going to be the worst thing in the world for them or not. Right. So you have to just trust your own kind of intuition and guidance and just know that it's all going to work out. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So my next question about our money plan is how can we plan for fun stuff? Like we're not in business just to stamp packages and sell whatever we make. Like we can have fun with our business too. So how do you encourage people to save for fun things like courses or traveling to conferences or anything like that? Yeah. Also a big one is your own PTO fund, right? Because yeah. as entrepreneurs, you're like, oh my gosh, it's the holidays and I have to keep working <laughs> because I don't have anything planned. Yeah. Again, setting aside a little bit every month is, of course, a very boring answer. It's the easiest way to build up that over time. And it really does compound. And even just, I think it too improves your money mindset and kind of abundance mindset to just see those little buckets when you log in and think you see that extra money there and you know that it's you have it there for fun things to come. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, that's like a very basic answer. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like I've been doing this for seven years and it, sometimes it takes having something on the calendar that you know you need to save for, whether that's like a conference you want to go to or a mastermind you want to join. Having that on the calendar makes it easier to put a little bit of money aside each time. And I do realize like sometimes it feels hard because we have we have materials to purchase. We have shipping supplies to purchase. We have tools to pay for. We have a lot of things. Like there's a lot of money coming in and out of a business. And so it does feel 
frivolous. But if you have something on the calendar that you can look forward to or plan for next year, I think it's a great motivator. Yeah. And really mapping that out too. This is, might just be me and my analytical accounting brain, but mapping that on a spreadsheet and just seeing a timeline of, you know, that those supplies expenses and packaging expenses are going to hit at some point, but maybe not today. Um, but you can plan for those and then also make sure that you're going to have enough to save for those fun things too and plan them out. Okay, here's the date. I want that. So divide that by 12, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. Okay, I have another hard-hitting question. When you, so let's say we do make a money plan. Do you have any tips for someone who forgets about the money plan? Like <laughs> you can have a great plan. You can have a budget outlined. But mm -hmm. then when something comes up, you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot that I was only supposed to spend $500 in this category this month mm -hmm. or something like that. How do you get that top of mind? Because that's hard. Yeah, that is hard. Me. That's a great question. I think a big part of it is putting it into like your weekly routine of just checking uh, into that spreadsheet or wherever you have it, your money plan and comparing where you're at versus where you want to go and making sure that the things that you are prioritizing is like checking in with your why. Like, why do you mm -hmm. want those things? And keep digging down and down until you get this is like the essence of who I am. Like, I have to achieve this in order to be fulfilled, making sure that that will keep the motivation up and keep that top of mind, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Having it in your daily or your weekly to-do list is great. Even for me in Asana, even if I set up like reoccurring tasks, I don't always do them reoccurring, but I see them because I check my task list every day and I can always move it to tomorrow and move it to tomorrow and move right. it to tomorrow. <laughs> and so sometimes it's just a matter of having that. I also love the idea. This is something Denise talks about is like having some kind of anchor point in your life. And so like my phone password is the monthly income I want to make. Oh, nice. <laughs> monthly <laughs> revenue I want to make. It's actually mm -hmm. my desk, my laptop, whatever, login. Yeah. My login is that number. Mm -hmm. And so it just helps me to remember, like, mm -hmm. this is how much I want to make. But it's maybe not the best anchor. But anyway, she talks about like having an image or having something that reminds you of where you want to go. And I love that idea, too. Having a yeah. to-do list or having a reoccurring task could be a great way to do, achieve that. Mm -hmm. And put it on your calendar. Block it off so no calls can get scheduled then so that you know it's going to happen. And if you want to make it cozy, like light a little candle and make yourself yeah. your favorite coffee drink. <laughs> yeah, have, a, have yourself a little money date with your yes. books after your bookkeeper sends you your booking. Right. So <laughs> this has been really helpful. It's so important to make a plan. You said you have a template to help people make a plan. I do. It's called the Cashflow Planner. And it's basically, so like I said before, the bookkeeping is the historic and cashflow planning is the future. It's the future side of your money picture of your business. Mm -hmm. And so it walks you through, based on those phases of business, a recommended amount to pay yourself. And you can always like override the percentages if you're like, no, I want 37% or whatever it is. It's just a Google Sheets template that has all the months and lists out revenue expenses and shows you where you can transfer money to different buckets if that's the method that you're using. And it really just lays it all out, lays out your year on a little spreadsheet so you can see exactly where your money's going. And then it's really fun to play with too if the month goes on and it's, oh, I sold more products and I'm expecting to sell more and updating it and putting that money somewhere, which is always fun. It's always fun to bring in more money and say, well, where do I want that to go? Yeah, that does sound fun. So I will have the link to the cash flow planner in the show notes and the blog post that goes with this episode. Can you tell us a little bit about like the types of services you offer to help people accomplish all of this? Yes. And I'll give you a discount code too for that. Ooh. Our bread and butter service is the monthly bookkeeping, which we 
take over the bookkeeping for your business. So basically we send you reports by the 15th of every month. And we like to, instead of just sending like a PL and a balance sheet that you may or may not look like at because it's just a whole bunch of numbers, we like to put in some pretty charts and graphs so you can really see what your cash balance is doing over time, your profit over time, taking into account your cost of goods sold and your other expenses. So you can really see where your money's coming from and where it's going. And I find too that a lot of business owners when they get those reports, sometimes they're surprised about even like where the money's coming from, the different categories. They're like, oh, I thought I was making more of this income category, but I really like this one better. And so it's all information you can take in and use as guidance as you go along in your business. That sounds exactly what people need. Like the bookkeeping side of things is maybe it's intimidating, to be honest. It's intimidating for me and I've been doing this seven years. So it's so important to have people like you who are helping take care of these things because it can be overwhelming and intimidating, but it doesn't have to hold you back. So I'm so grateful that you are in business and there are bookkeepers in the world. I have one more question that I like to ask everyone that I have on the podcast. What is something you're currently learning in your own business? Because I like to point out that as an entrepreneur, we're always learning and growing. And I just love to hear what you are working on in your business. So do you have something you would share with us? Yes, I do. And I love that you asked all your guests that. So mine is coming out of a very busy work season, really prioritizing, slowing down, and also re-examining the different tasks in my business and like what brings in energy and what drains energy for me and focusing on refining those to have more energy receiving and so the activities in my business. It's one of those things that I feel like you can iterate on a thousand times and you'll never be done, but that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. That is the beauty of it. That's a really powerful thing. And I think it's so important and not something that everyone stops and thinks about. Sometimes they just go. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. So before we say goodbye, let me ask you, where's the best place people can find out about you? Where can they hang out with you online? So Instagram is the place I'm most active on. You did mention I do the podcast, which is on pause now, but there's, I think, 30 something episodes for you to go back and listen to. If you want to learn more about small business bookkeeping and, but yeah, Instagram is the place where I'm at the most and that's at marriage bookkeeping. I will have the link to that and the link to the cash flow planner with a discount from Sarah in the show notes and in the blog post. This episode has been so fantastic. I haven't had anyone on the podcast talking about how to create a money plan, how to actually pay yourself. So I'm really excited for this episode. I know everyone's going to love it. So I just want to thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create, and I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business. 